one of the most unique podcasts on the planet. Hey, bus driver. Hey, bus driver. Hey, bus driver. The show about everything related to student transportation. If you're a student transportation professional, you found your show. Hey, bus driver. Exploring the entire school transportation universe. Talking to interesting and inspiring people, exchanging ideas, promoting student transportation industry growth, and sharing a few funny stories along the way. Now, live from Phoenix, Arizona, this is Hey Bus Driver, and this is Jason Nelson. All right, here we go. Back for the 30th episode of the Hey Bus Driver podcast, and... Joined back by uh, our partners in crime, Chad and Shannon. So thank you guys for taking a little bit of time this weekend to celebrate 30 episodes. It's a, for sure, like happy 30th. A, yeah, it seems like yeah. such a long time ago that we got this going and so much has happened with, you know, the uh, COVID. And I don't even think that COVID, you know, nobody knew it was co- what COVID was going to be when we had the first episode that came out. So... Yeah, congratulations uh, on the 30, Jason. Yeah, it's been uh, kind of tough getting things going here as, you know, opening, just scheduling-wise, right? Just with everything going on as far as work, coming back from kind of full-fledged and everything opening back up. I, did, I guess I really didn't realize how tough it was going to be to try and schedule work and a, a couple extra extracurricular activities, like something like this. So I need, a, I need like, a assistant. So, Maybe there you go. Uh, somebody just handle like scheduling and emailing and you know throwing calendar invites and all that stuff out and then you know all the time that goes into editing. But yeah, we're here. Thirty episodes and you know I think jo- Chad joined in around what episode twenty or something like that. Chad. Oh, I don't know. Time flies when you're having fun, yeah, Jason. Shannon, Shannon was on episode number two, so you know we're rocking and rolling, but. Hey, so your 30th yeah. episode, I got a riddle for you. Right. I was looking at stuff earlier. I got a riddle for you, too, and I want you to tell me the answer, okay? Okay. So a bus driver was heading down a street. He went right past the stop sign without stopping. Next, he turned left where there was a no turn left signal or sign. Finally, he went the wrong way down a one-way street. How did he not break any traffic laws? feel like there's wordplay on a right on where you said he went right past the stop sign. Okay, I'll read again. A bus driver's heading down a street. He went right past the stop sign without stopping. Next, he turned left where there was a no left turn sign. Finally, he went the wrong way down a one-way street. How did he not break any laws? He was walking. Oh, you, you Googled it, Shannon. <laughs> I swear I didn't. I can't believe how smart I am. I didn't. I should have said before I read it, no Googling allowed. You totally Googled that. Oh, you stop it. I did not. I swear I didn't. I'm not a cheater. Oh, I was going to say it was in the bus bay, but or the, like the <laughs> bus yard. Wow. Wow. That's a terrible guess. I first was going to say bicycle. Then I was like, oh. Anyway. They are so, subject so, to fun. traffic pretty... laws. So. So, so here's a joke for you. An Englishman, an Irishman, a Scotsman, a priest, a rabbi, a horse, a guy named Dave, an infinite number of mathematicians, and a bus driver all walk into a bar. The bartender says, what is this, some kind of joke? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chad's on a roll, 
I know. If I only had symbols. What? I feel like we should have like Chad in our office because it's been a busy couple weeks and kind of easy to get in a dark place, but just with everything kind of coming back online and you know the demands of the thirty. What do you call it, Shannon? Thirty days of May. The thirty days really 30, of May. Thirty days of May for us because we're we're not ending till June. But yeah, I mean it's been a been a grind for the last couple of weeks just trying to make it. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a tough time for sure. I mean, I know it's busy and with COVID and everything going on. Had a uh, a bus driver I knew pretty well, a friend of mine, quit recently. Ask him why they why they quit. And they said they got tired of people talking behind their back. But There's what? another joke for you. You like that one? <laughs> Kids behind their back, hilarious. But, oh, but okay, I'm, done, I'm done with the jokes. The dad. That's like You're gonna a, have that's, to. That's a bad dad joke. <laughs> it is oh, a bad dad joke. But that is true. Uh-huh, I mean, funny. there's there's a lot of people quitting and you know able to compete <laughs> in the uh, private competitive market and you know there's, we've seen I don't know we're twenty drivers short. It seems to be the ongoing national you know kind of crisis, if you will, of how are we finding drivers. But mm-hmm. so we'll talk a little bit about that today. We're gonna you know. Just talk a little bit about just the COVID aftermath. You know, it's been a year, year-ish, it seems like way longer than just a year, but year and a month since, um, you know, COVID came to be and kind of changed everybody's just operation and, I mean, lives, right? I mean, people have seen family members and friends, you know, get really sick, pass away, and, um, you know, operations have had to let people go and, you know, kind of change what they're, what they're been doing. I know out on the East coast, you know, a lot of the private companies weren't able to keep people employed. And I think that's where working for a public school district is beneficial and that most of them were able to uh, retain their employment and either delivering food or curriculum or whatnot. We've talked about that in the last, you know, few episodes when we've covered COVID, but now that everything's kind of coming back online, you know, what what do we think is going to be the implications of of just this whole year, right? I mean, budgets are being slashed. We're down drivers. We're down students. I mean, you know, people are either pulling their kids out and putting them in charter schools or they're home, choosing to homeschool, whether that's because of a COVID concern or previous concerns from just educational standpoint. But you know, we're we're kind of left reeling. So, I mean, Shannon, what are your what are your thoughts just about like? kind of where we're at in this year and what we have to look forward to in the upcoming school year. Yeah, I, um, it's so many things, right? You, you try to, first of all, rally people and be excited that you can be back into what I'll call a normal, um, environment and pace or what everyone was used to before everything shut down. But that comes with, like you said, less team members, some are skeptical, some are still very nervous. Um, students for the most part that are still riding and are still attending public school, I think have done a great job, but um, for the ones who left, you know, you try to plan for, you know, will they return? Where did they go? You know, that said, do we collapse routes? Do we not, um, you know, do we not fill those positions? Cause we have a budget gap to meet. And then depending on what district you're in, you know, you got more or less of the funding that came from COVID to school districts. So it's really kind of a hurry up and wait. 
um, and having to shift that mindset back as as a leader, like you don't really know how to guide people exactly. So having a game face for sure has been pretty important. Yeah, and I think that it's taken, you know, you could deceive some people, usually in a normal year, kind of at this point in the last few weeks of school, everybody's pretty wore down, but I feel like this has really taken even more out of people, right? You know, just looking around our own place, kind of the that smile and that, you know, it's, you just tell people are worn down and they're like, oh, you know, just one more thing that we have to do as far as sanitizing your bus or making sure that we're, yeah. you know, keeping those masks up. And it, and it's hard because, you know, our, our state has, uh, you know, in their infinite wisdom have said masks are no longer required and kind of lifted that from the schools. And so now they've put it all back on the schools to determine whether or not they're going to continue that those policies and i think some school districts have lifted them i think right shannon out on the east side have there been any school districts oh yeah i mean i i many of the school districts in pinal county are making it a a choice i know uh, mesa school district is a big district for us here in arizona um starting next wednesday which is the end of their state testing it will become um optional no longer mandatory which created a whole other controversy because you know, for the families who still want that mandatory for their safety and their reassurance, it's like, well, why are they less important after testing? And so there was some scuttle about that. But um, I think it has caused a divide, really, because of how um, it's handled and left up to the district. And um, people are shifting their kids from one place to the other, depending on what right their personal feelings about it are. Which the- I, had one di- I had one district last week that made the comment that they're not changing anything. They're not doing anything different until summer hits before next school year, they'll reevaluate because right now it doesn't make sense since to, you know, do away with mask or, sure. you know, social distancing or just, we're just going to roll with it till school's out. Then we'll readdress it over the summer and make that decision before yeah. next school and year starts, which seems to make sense. I mean, why change things now? Yeah. And I would I would agree because I think that the best time to make any kind of change is when you have a little bit of a gap or a a little break. So a a weekend, a fall break, a winter break, you know, it's like uh, one more thing. We have to get people used to one more thing for 20 days or 10 days. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, that's kind of our, the stance that our district took. It's, they're still going to do that and reevaluate this summer. And, you know, so, I mean, for the most part, I, I actually got to drive a route for the first time since uh, we've compressed all of our routes. We were, you know, not really, we are just making things work, but uh, got to go out and drive a route on Friday morning, and, you know, kids were pretty good with it, right? I mean, they all had their mask on, they went to their seats, I had a couple of them were like, hey, I need a, you know, right as they got on, they knew they forgot or didn't have one, and so they just asked for one, and, you know, I gave them a mask, and to their seat they went, but everybody was pretty pretty low-key about it. I think they're just happy to be out of the house and going to school and being able to, you know, do something a little bit different than sitting behind a, a computer and learning for seven hours a day. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming they were scared, quiet, riding with you. Is well, that correct? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a pretty smug, <laughs> yeah, I'm a pretty smug bus driver, so, you know, they, uh, it depends on when they get to finally, they see me a couple times and they're like, oh, okay. So, you know, <laughs> we have a little bit of fun, but yeah, I mean, it, it's been, you know, it's definitely been a, a challenge for sure. And I think that's where we're seeing, you know, like Shannon said, people are moving from one district to another, well, 
my you know there's less restrictions so i'm gonna put my kid over here so that they can be more free some of those parents are pulling their kids out all together and homeschooling so that's where we're seeing you know quite a few school districts across the state and actually probably across the nation that are you know getting their budget slashed quite a bit and trying to figure out how to make do the same amount with less and like way less right i mean we're 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 struggling um you know, to close a, a pretty big deficit in, in our district. And it's it's going to be interesting to see how that, you know, how that plays out next year. But I'm, you know, I, hope, I hope I'm right in that these parents that are homeschooling, you know, after this year, summer, summer's over, the kids, you know, at some point in time, you'd think most of them have got to, you know, love their kids to death, but sick of them being around all the time. Let's get them back to school. This is over. It's done. There's no mask. There's, there's none of this going on. Let's send them back to school, get them out of the house, which would be good for all of us in this industry. Um, and yeah, you know, it's uh, had a conversation with a couple of people, some one that had been in the industry for 50 some years. And he said the same thing. He said, you know, for sales, as far as bus sales goes, because I think, you know, 21, 22 are going to be slow. They're going to be rough, you know, you're not getting the, the money. The budgets have been slashed, like you said. Ridership's down. You know, but 23 should really pick back up for everybody. You know, everyone should start coming back. You know, late 22 or 23. So let's hope that's let's hope that's accurate. You know, for the school district's sake. You know, as far as having students in the school and getting the funding they need to operate everything at the same pace, that and lay people off or anything. So let's hope that's correct. But yeah, I think the. I think the homeschooling and, and driving your kids to school thing, I have a feeling it'll, the majority of them will come to halt after this year. They'll be done with it that. It could, but I mean, you've got some schools that have opened up online academies that kind of compete with the, the online charter schools. And, you know, so how, I mean, yes, they're still getting money for those students, but is it really considered a butt in the seat, you know, ADM monies for, for those students or is it, is it being charged out as, you know, as a full amount I think would be, you know, the true question. And the other side of it is those are all kids that are now not on our busing. So when you look at like how Arizona state funding is, uh, is calculated for school buses, right? It's students divided by miles or miles divided by students. One of those two, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that that's what calculates what tier of money we're, you know, being given. Is it $2 and 74 cents a mile or is it a dollar 70 or something like, I don't know, 207, I think. Um, but you know, that's, that could be very impactful for all these parents that are like, well, my kid can still get the same, you know, education just online. They're not going to ride a school bus. So now all of a sudden we see, you know, a reduction by say 30, 30% because kids can go and do online school. Like I, you know, I don't know. I mean, we're just kind of speculating at this point. Go ahead, Shannon. And when you talk about funding too, it's, it's difficult because I can remember a time in my career where funding was based on eligible ridership. And I think one of the biggest challenges in student transportation is um, not only actual versus eligible when you're planning um, to be able to accommodate all the actual riders. And, and we all know that most often, you know, it's not all of them, but also funding. We used to get funded for every student that was eligible of the potential to have to transport them. And then it changed to actual, which when when you were saying, you know, in the classroom, I I believe the online um, enrolled student, even though it's a district 
um, academy or online program is funded less at 80%. Um, and you hate to have money be the driving force for education because, I mean, most of us are, you know, we do our work with our passion because it's what we love and it's what we do, but it, it drives decisions. It drives, you know, resources. Um, how, how, how well can you do your work if, you know, if the funding continues to diminish? So, yeah. And I think what's interesting, you know, obviously at the state level, the you know, state government, you would have thought that of the funds that they're getting, whether it's from ESSER or, you know, their own f- just COVID relief funding that, they would have figured out how to off, you know, kind of foresee the the shortfalls that all the districts were coming from, and if they're really wanting to bolster and support public education, why did they not, you know, there should have been like, okay, every district is going to be this short, right, and and be able mm-hmm. to subsidize them for a year and kind of keep them where they're at, rather than asking them to all come back and go, nope, you guys, you know, just because parents decided to take their kids out of school you don't get this funding, you know, and so now we're expected to put the same operation together year after year. We can't just go, well, we got to close the school or we got to close this program. And unfortunately, you know, for some districts, they're going to have to do that. They're not going to get the choice because it's what it is. But I, I would have just thought that that's where school or where state, it, you know, state leaders would have come up and, and tried to figure out how to how to subsidize and close that gap. Yeah, it's um, almost like, right, you talk about unfunded mandates with certain programs and things like that. Um, it's, I mean, depending on your demographic and where your campuses are and what kind of families um, your population holds, it depends on how many, you know, in part of the ESSER fund distribution was, you know, depending on that population. And while that's fine, and I understand certain programs require certain funds, often some of those same students um, that the funding is built around aren't the ones who left. Right. You know, they're not the ones who stopped attending in person. So it's interesting. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's been interesting and it's, it's going to be, I mean, <laughs> I can only imagine the layers of the onion that are going to be pulled back for this, you know, upcoming school year that we don't even know about yet, you know, but um, I don't know, speculation on, what the next school year will look like, which which parts of COVID um, sanitation or uh, mitigation strategies that you guys think stick around? What do you think? Well, I think the I think the sanitation ought to stick around. I think it should have been here before COVID. I know it takes sure. time and money, but you know uh, how much how much does it cost the state? How much does it cost the government? You know, some of these kids that don't have insurance or whatever. You know, how much does it cost them? So the you know that should have been something. That hopefully is something that comes to the government's attention, whether it be you know local or national, as you know, this is something we should have been doing all along. These are the numbers. You know, we can basically subsidize or you know grant you guys this money to continue to do that because it saves X amount of dollars on the healthcare system. You know, and unpaid healthcare bills. So maybe that should continue. I hope it does. Um, you know, especially looks like my son will be out here this year riding a bus. Not to be selfish, but I would like to know that his bus was sanitized, you know, often because I've seen a lot of buses sure. over my years that I swear they've never been cleaned in the <laughs> 15 years they've been driven. Yeah, they you just, probably saw that in you school bus, right? <laughs> rhyme. I mean, disgusting. Just, you know, take your, 
car key and just scrape off layers of just sure. goo on the seats. You know, that bus had never been cleaned ever. It's interesting that there's not like a school bus detailing company out there that will just come around and like, you know, there's bus washing services, but there's not like a interior. For the interior. Yeah, like interior. And it's like every summer that a, you know, you can hire out with a, a company that could come through and in a, say a week or two weeks, they go through and completely detail the inside of your buses. There is. You want mm. me to hook you up? There is? Yeah. What, Chad's cleaning service? No, but maybe tomorrow <laughs> there will be. Chad's bus detail. Right? Chad yeah. and Shannon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's true, though, Jason. I think the districts who do, who are very, like, careful with their dollars, I think would probably, I mean, I know, like, okay, yes, it's your job to do it and maintain it, but let's start off really polished and have them do that once a year. That's a great idea. I think the sanitation has to continue also because I think it makes um, drivers, staff, community feel safer. And whether people are vaccinated or not, it's uh, it's just another level of effort. Sure. I mean, think about it. It's not just killing COVID. It's killing the flu and the cold and the, you know, everything else that comes through there that you know, probably probably does now. I mean, is that something that is required after each run, or is that something required at the end of you know each morning and afternoon route? Might be a little bit different, but you know, I definitely. I mean, I I agree. I think that it that is something that should have been here and probably was, and not in so many words, right? And but you know, how do, how do districts keep it going and, and how do you enforce it, right? Those are the some of the keys that we we need to figure out. Like, how do we make sure that drivers are doing that? Camera systems, That's it. Yeah, but you, you can't. Load up right, but that system. all takes time. Yeah. I mean, to watch, I mean, we always, with best intentions as really strong leaders, if you are just sustaining the day-to-day and, and watching and, and verifying that people are doing what you yeah. ask, like the time is just crazy. True. Yeah, it's going to be, I mean, maybe that will help with, you know, driver callouts and, you know, I'm not feeling well type of thing that, that will, that will help. But I also think the big, I mean, the real big one is just how many people are we going to be able to hire between now and July 28th or, you know, for school districts back east before Labor Day, you know, how many are short and how many are able to close that close that gap right i mean that's going to be you know you're, we're still i assume that unemployment uh, benefits are still going to be you know available and then obviously everybody i see in the news every you know almost every day private business owners trying to you know figure out how to just get you know minimum wage type workers into their restaurants or into their you know whatever i mean well, yeah, you hit on it right there. That's that's going to have to come to a stop before people start going back to work. <clears throat> because there's, there's people out there, you guys have them, they just want to work. You know, that, yeah, they may make a little bit less than they do sitting at home, collecting all the additional unemployment benefits that are being granted to everybody right now, but they just want to get to work. You know, they don't do it because they need the money. They do it because they want something to do. Sure. But then there are a lot of people, there are quite a few or however many, I'm, I don't know the numbers or percentage that, they're not coming back. Yeah. They're not coming back until that free money runs out. So that's got to run out to get everybody back, to get the restaurants full, to get the bus drivers back yeah. in. I mean, what, there's too many people that they work because they need the money, but they don't want to work if they're going to make less money than they would hanging out doing nothing. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a sad, sad story, but that's the way some people are. Well, You'd be to, happy to sit yeah. around and make more money doing nothing. To Shannon's point, I mean, we made a, a couple sacrifices just so we could get more competitive with our bus driver wages. So we closed a few positions in our office, um, you know, to take that money and repurpose it back into giving our drivers two bucks an hour increase. So hopefully that will help be a little bit more competitive in the, you know, the East Valley. And, you know, we probably just shared our secret with um you know, everybody uh, around us, but they're going to figure it, you know, figure it out and they're going to figure it out eventually. But, um, you know, that's, is that going to be enough, you know, of a carrot dangle to, you know, get people to come from other districts to come over to us? I, you know, it's going to be hard, hard to find. Well, and then even still, like we expect, I mean, at some point sooner than later, I think everybody's planning next year for what's more like normal. We have, we're missing, we were, we're down 20 drivers, excuse me. And, okay, let's just say we get, I don't know, a third of them. So then what do you do? So you can't extend the walk boundary. You can't eliminate stops. I mean, maybe there's a few things you can do, but then what's the solution? Um, I think transportation departments in general are known for their creative solutions. Um, It's not very often we say no, whether we don't have resources or we do. Um, but, But like, when you're using every resource and every creative tool you have and you still can't meet the gap, sure. like what's the conversation with district leaders about, okay, here's the reality and, and what's going to be the new normal. Well, and that might be the, from them, the, I, we told you so that money wasn't going to fix it, but you know, or that they're, you know, the question is going to be, Hey, we thought that $2 an hour would be the, you know, the fix. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm hopeful, but I'm also I'm a realist, so uh, skeptical mm-hmm. that it's gonna you know really help. I think we're gonna try and this week reach out to a lot of people that have a lot of good people that left us to go somewhere or another district for more money and see if we can maybe entice them to come back, um, you know, and re- rejoin us. But I you know I'm also pretty skeptical that they're gonna say yes. Right? They're probably most drivers, I think, most good drivers typically get into their operation and and don't want to leave, right? They've they've built that seniority. Sure. They've they're you know seen their kids grow up. They've got they've had the same route for the last seven eight years, and so there's not there's not that in enticing reason for them to just up and leave unless they're upset about something, right? So it's typically right. typically the the you know super rookie drivers that have only been around one two years and they're you know kind of hopping from district to district trying to find you know a place that they fit in yep exactly yeah every district offers just a little bit different um culture and community and transportation and so um you, you go where you find you're fit. And sometimes the little, I mean, I would say $2 is considerable and that's very exciting, but you know, sometimes it's not that much and that you're right. They stay where they're comfortable. Well, and there could be, this is a reach, you know, as far as assumptions go, maybe, you know, there's people when all this is said and done that haven't driven school bus before, but they don't want to go back to the grind where they were at before, you know, the job sure. they were at before all this hit, their unemployment runs out. This is something maybe a small percentage of people in that situation might look at moving over into bus drivers and, and our states, you know, or every state yeah. has a, a slew of new bus drivers come in because they don't want to go back to, 
you know, the restaurant they worked at before the office they worked at before. And, you know, they, they want a job with insurance and whatnot. So, you know, that's a possibility. I don't think it's, it's going to be overwhelming, but small possibility. I hope so. I hope you're right. When you look at some, yeah, the, some of the other people that we've talked to just as, you know, uh, Betty from, uh, bust me Betty and, and, um, Cordarius Jones and some of the, you know, some of the people have already worked in another opportunity, right. And they found this and they've really, they like what the schedule brings. They like the benefits. They like the flexibility and everything. You know, I think that, you know, maybe it is there, but I think the the big downside is that there's not a, there's not this shining billboard that just in front of everybody, just hounding them about, Here's an opportunity. You want to work? Here's an opportunity. Almost everywhere in the state, in the nation, is, you know, hiring for school bus drivers. You can, you know, and, and some of them, obviously, cost of living, but back in the, you know, East Coast, they're making 20, 20 to $28 an hour, you know, driving a school bus. So, I mean, it's... Yeah, that's like $5 an hour here. Well, that <laughs> and that's why I said, depending on the cost of living, Chad, you didn't listen to that, but... You know, same in California. I, just, I saw an interesting, interesting little blurb on one of the social well, media things. That said, go I ahead. was waiting to make the point that then put up a billboard, Jason. What are you waiting on? Like that's cost, I was waiting for you to finish talking yeah. so I could say that. Well, and that's put up a, a billboard. Yeah, I mean we're we're looking at doing that. The you know the billboards along I ten, you know they're they're changing every you know ten seconds or whatever, and you can actually decide how frequently you want to have your ad up there, but. You know, I mean, we should be trying to advertise the trucking market, maybe not necessarily the over-the-road trucking market, but the guys in-state, the people that drive Uber and Lyft and Uber Eats and all of those people that, hey, you want something with benefits, come drive for us morning and afternoon. You've got in the middle of the day that you can do Uber, you can do Uber Eats, you can do Amazon deliveries, whatever, and, you know have a full day making the, whether that's your side hustle or your main hustle and school bus driving could be your side hustle or vice versa. Right. I mean, there's, there's that flexibility that's out there that I, I don't know, you know, people. Here, here's a marketing idea. Put some yard signs outside of the entrances and exits to the retirement communities yeah. close by. Or just go yeah, park push a, them over, put some over the TJ Maxx yeah, parking lot. Park a bus right out in front of with a banner on it right out front or right yeah. outside one of our school districts, you know, the the neighboring school districts saying we're <laughs> we're hiring Tempe Union. No one no no one says schools. that Tempe can't put signs in front of the retirement sure. communities just like you do. I mean, yeah. everyone's looking for bus drivers. Should we put them up right so there? I will. There? Go ahead, Shannon. Oh, so I will tell you that some of my best uh, results for hires came from job fairs in those types of communities. And I think as it relates to COVID, I think everyone who's um, interest, uh, you know, whatever, intrigued or um, thinking about doing it, I mean, they can be assured that there are some COVID protocols that will offer them safety as they're trying to get back into the workforce. And there are some benefits that um, they can be assured that there's, you know, guidelines and sanitation and things like that. So the, the retirement you. communities have been great. Thank you for backing me up on that, Shannon. I appreciate <laughs> it. My pleasure. <laughs> so so what, do, what do you guys say now about that, Jason? Uh, well, Both of us seem to think it's a great idea. I, I'm all for it. I mean, we, lo- we lost a lot of our, you know, um, pre or post-retirement community 
uh, from our staff that were just like, hey, you know, my doctor says I probably shouldn't be, you know, here, so I need to lay low. And so those are those are some of the groups that we're going to be trying to call on. And I think that, you know, we have the the drive the bus event a couple times, and I know that the staff over there at the trust will cringe, but we talked about, you know, maybe potentially taking that event on the road and, you know, seeing if we could get into one of their clubhouse parking lots and, you know, let them see what it's all about, right? Don't have them come to us. Let's take it to them and see if there's a way that we can let them drive the bus, you know, in their community and, uh, you know, see what that looks like as far as, you know, are they interested? Are they are they looking for something to do? I mean, I would imagine most of them probably sitting around for a year, probably chomping at the bit, ready to get out and do something, but... Sponsor some bingo games. Yeah, is that it? Bingo, huh. and there's another game that um, people play, but I don't remember what it's called. But yeah, it's um, football. Not f- yeah, old old person football, football league, <laughs> elderly football, football league. league. <laughs> It'd be interesting for sure. BFL. <laughs> so yeah, um, you talked a little bit, Chad, just about you know. Are you guys seeing impact right now already from people not having funds available by school buses? You know, surprisingly, I've been, I mean, my last uh, two, three weeks have been, you know, quite a few quotes on buses. And I think that comes back to people that had money seized, you know, waiting to see what was going to happen. Now they've got this money back. They need to spend it. Um, other districts had already budgeted for this. They, they have the money. We need to just do it now while we have it. Um, but yeah, I, there's some that are still kind of holding back waiting, but really the, the conversations ramping up quite a bit for getting quotes, start looking at new buses, getting pricing, start budgeting for it. Um, some of them just are just ordering buses, you know, get us a quote, you know, comparing all the quotes and, and pulling the trigger and ordering some buses. So, yeah. you know, it was bad for, for obviously most of 2020 and the start of 2021 wasn't setting anything on fire and this isn't the busiest we've ever been by any stretch of the imagination, but it's way better than it was, you know, last year, last part of last year for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so yeah, I mean, it is starting to pick up some, it is. Uh, that's why I think when next year starts around, see where everything's at. I, I agree with uh, some of the guys I've talked to 22 and 23 are really going to ramp back up because you've got all these old buses that are setting and not getting younger. The buses yeah. you're planning on replacing in say 2020, when are you going to replace them? As soon as you get the chance, as soon as you get some money, you, you got to get this buzz replaced. So sure. there's there's going to be a there's going to be a, um, a small boom, I believe. I don't think we're in that boom by any stretch of imagination, but we are picking back up, getting busy. School district trying to get some of this money spent they have. So, well, I mean that okay. is a good thing. For you know, it's just, like I said, it's. It's starting to feel a little bit normal. It's starting to look a little mm-hmm. bit more normal. You're starting to see sporting events, having people there. Just watched the Kentucky Derby yesterday, and it seemed like maybe COVID didn't exist <laughs> at the Derby. But um, well, And I think, too, graduations. I mean, yeah. there, no graduation happened last year. Yeah, but so and that's the thing. Some districts are having them, and some districts are, you know, either keeping it virtual or a drive-by or whatever they, you know, whatever they did last year. So it's here. Here's the crazy thing about that. You go back to Oklahoma. Courtney's uh, niece is graduating this year, and is going to college for volleyball. So she's been doing volleyball all year with 
you know, fans in attendance, you know, probably limited to a point, but then they start coming back. But then you go back out to Oklahoma and, you know, the 6A state championship, the stadium was packed, full, tons of people there, right? But you go into her graduation, Courtney's going to fly back and go, but they're only allowing five people per family. Yeah. Like, wait, so you can pack a stadium for a football game, <laughs> but you can't pack a stadium for graduation. Yeah. Like, it isn't. Right. So, especially at this point, because football season was a different time than it is now. So my question to you guys, I wanted to ask earlier, and I'm going to ask now before I forget, speaking of school and, and participation, is there any conversation or, or chatter about moving forward about kids getting this vaccination? You know, there's other vaccinations children have to have before they go to school, some public schools or colleges. Is this one of them that might, have you guys heard that's going to become required to get into public school? Because that could cost you some enrollment as well. So I haven't heard anything about that. I, I, um, I know that they're, it's open to high school age students as a, an elected vaccine. Um, what I think, and I don't know this for sure, I think what we might see is if you want your child to participate in certain types of programming that is very crowd-oriented, they will need to be vaccinated, but not, I don't think, to attend school. Like I feel like it's going to be that extracurricular you know what I mean like I, I don't know that I agree with that as a parent or a school official but I I think that there will be the you can or you don't have to but this is what well I'm just trying to start a conspiracy theory but I, I didn't <laughs> think that vaccinations were I mean they say that you're supposed to have your kid vaccinated but what about all the non-vaxxers that don't want don't vaccinate their kids aren't they still allowed into public school they are. They have to sign some type of a waiver that says if their child gets infected with certain things. I didn't um, know that. Yeah. So yeah. how safe does that make, you know, parents who have their kids vaccinated feel? Well, if they're vaccinated, they should be all right, correct? Well, you would think, but, you know, I mean. <laughs> I mean, so t is it too much choice? I mean, is it too much choice as funding is related? Is it too much choice as you can go to any school you want as many times as you want? You can transfer. You can, um, you know, you can open enrollment or what have you. It makes it difficult, especially for those of us in this type of work to project sales, to project ridership, anything. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a very interesting question, Chad. Yeah, I know it's a very interesting question. That's why I ask it. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's a it's a valid question, right? At what point does this vaccine become available for, you know, five five years on up or at birth birth age or you know, I mean, you know, first yeah, couple you're weeks, right. You're probably you're, you're probably a few years away from that, and it may be it may be flu. I mean, no one's required to get the flu vaccination and go to school or participate in sports, right. so it may may end up being something along that. But line. I think I going going back to what sticks around, like how long are we gonna, you know, every time that a, a um, COVID positive case pops up, how how long are we gonna you know be backtracking who that you know COVID tra or contact tracing who who that student came in contact with and all the other protocols that go into that. Like, is that going to exist next year where we're quarantining, you know, 25 or 30 kids and they all got to be at home for two weeks or come back with a, you know, a COVID negative test. Like, I, you know, yeah, and, and, and when you talk about being a different kind of exhausted, Jason, there you go. Yeah. It's, it's, it's having to go back and 
give video clips and give rosters and who was on the bus and well because it takes time i mean it takes time you talk about chad chad talks about well just review video i mean we're we're pulling down you know several videos a day and sending them to schools to look at you know to find out who who johnny sat next to and how long were they exposed and you know all of those things i mean that's that just takes so much time out of your day with everything else that's going on to try and you know collect that data it's not like the schools have direct access to the school bus to get their own video right so i mean just another talk In, about integrate this. integrate it into technology and it classes let them do it for you hey free labor. <laughs> i i would love to lean on you know student labor a little bit more but <laughs> would you? i think it's illegal well i mean don't don't call it labor <laughs> call it volunteer call work. it a project yeah school project school project yeah. so an in go ahead shannon an internship i was gonna say but there you go yeah see shannon's got it you yeah. got it perfect let me know how that works do you have a question chad i did and i went blank mm. so i was just gonna just kind of segue into maybe the last oh, oh go ahead. Oh, wait hold on i know what i was gonna go say ahead. so so i think again my extended medical opinion with all my experience in the medical field i feel like this will be as it's been since you know march of 2020 a learning experience for the scientific community no one knew what to expect so i i appreciate the fact they shut everything down because let's shut this down and figure out what this is because we don't know right so i i i'm all for that um and there's been a lot that they've learned about this in that time and there's been a lot of guessing on how we need to handle situations. They're right, they're wrong, whatever the case is. That's how science works. You know, there's a lot of theories. Throw it out there, throw it against the wall, see what sticks, see how, how it works out. So I feel like there's a good chance moving forward as they learn more about this, understand more about it, how to control it, how to, to uh, treat it, if you will. It'll probably end up being more like a, you know, a severe flu maybe, you know, where you, you won't have to go back contract, you know, contact trace where they've been, who they've been around. That's what I feel will eventually happen is once they learn more about it, understand more about it and get it seeming down that the problem is everyone reacts so differently to it. Sure. You know, I mean, little Jimmy might get it and his brother, you know, is deathly ill with it. And Jimmy has a runny nose. That's, that's yep. what's crazy about it, you know? And, but, but I think, I think it'll get to a point as they understand it more that it won't be as intrusive in your guys' time and any of our time, as far as figuring out where kids have been, who's been around who, and hopefully I'm right. It's probably still going to take at least, I would guess a year before we, you know, we're probably not looking at until the 22, 23 school year, you know, until some of that stuff is really feeling a lot more, you know, a lot more lifted. I, I have a feeling, you know, most, most places will make mask mandatory or will make them optional. I, you know, I don't know how long they'll keep them mandatory for or not, but you know, will sanitization on the school bus be different? Will that still be required? You know, I mean, the CDC came out and said that hand sanitizer wasn't necessary. Just wash your hands. So I could see those, you know, all the hand sanitizer jugs that have destroyed our school bus floors. Um, you know, going away. I mean, we got to figure out how to how to polish those up and make. You know, I mean, just our floors are just stained because the you know the alcohol and the 
and the sanitizer is pretty much, pretty much eating the floors away. But you, know, you mean it discolored them? Yeah, I mean, and it's like they're clean. They've been, you know, they've scrubbed at them and scrubbed at them, and they, there's no no way hmm. to uh, you know fix maybe, that. Is maybe you should just slather them with hand sanitizer and let them all fade to the same color. Just make it look like a marbling, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. I mean, you pay extra for marble floors. Do it yourself. There you go. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. But I, I, like I said, I wanted to kind of segue into the final piece of this, just like what you guys thought the silver linings were that have coming out come out of this this year, right? I mean, we've it's only been a year, but it's been two school years, which feels like an eternity, honestly. So, you know, have you have you felt felt or found any silver linings? Um, you know, because of this. Well, this will be a short segment. Go ahead, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that, um, like you said, you know, we're learning as we go, but this a silver lining is people are rallying. I think people are rallying in the workplace. I think students, or excuse me, teachers and the workforce at schools and in districts are rallying. They're tired, but uh, like they're in it to win it. I think for us, for like Jason said earlier, students, students are resilient, but they're doing right one more thing so they can come to school and they're wearing the mask and they're using the hand sanitizer. Um, I think that we're reminded also that, you know, we can do um, more with less, which is kind of the trend anyway. And on any given normal budget year, but um, you know, I mean, if you have to find the bright spot, look at what we accomplished with less positions, less dollars. Um, when you talk about the pay increase with less budget next year, you know, when you have to really dig deep and get creative, we've been able to do that in some districts all across the, you know, United States. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a bright spot until they want you to do that every year. Oh, remember when 2020 you did this with this amount of money and this amount of people do that again. Well, they do do that. I mean, yeah. they do that already, right? I know. I'm just mm. playing. I'm just playing. Chad, I'm just. You I'm don't just poo pooing on her silver, silver linings. linings. Um, my silver my silver line's gone because Southwest has started packing their airplanes again. That was the only <laughs> silver line I had was that the middle seat was always open and I wasn't crowded by people. <laughs> right. Um. No, I think I think Shannon's right. I mean, you saw a lot of districts pull together work together, come up with good ideas, how to, you know, how to do this at the beginning. Uh, I think you guys already, I feel like you guys already did that before, but not the extent in the state. Um, I think that a lot of schools around the, the nation in different states did the same thing. Um, everyone's fighting the same fight. No one is isolated fighting this alone. So I think it, it created some unity and uh, mm -hmm. some fight, you know, it's a reason to fight again. So I think that was important. Luckily, it was this and not a, you know, um, you know, a world war that created this situation for everybody. But, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's a good comparison. But what I'm trying to say is that, you know, it did it did seem even outside the school districts. I mean, businesses and and uh, families and whatnot. I mean, just there's been some division. But for the most part, I think everyone's worked together to try to fight through this in their own way. Sure. I mean, that's the best I can say about the silver lining other than the airplane. Right. I mean, the climate, the overall climate just in the world <laughs> is so yeah. different and weird right now. So, um, Crazy. yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I would, kind of I would just add that I think mine, 
you know, and this last year obviously was very busy um, in in a different regard, obviously, as we were, you know, to Chad's point, learning about what COVID was and what we couldn't do and what we, you know, kind of closing down the 1920 school year and going into the summer with food deliveries and, you know, all of that kind of what summer work looked like. And then this year, keeping everybody in for the most part in a virtual learning option, except for, you know, a handful of students that we were transporting. I think that the time that we were allowed, you know, or that we were really focusing on just a smaller group of students, we were able to, we were working hard, but we weren't working like hard where we're just running like we are now. Right. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, gave us some time to collectively, you know, understand our ups and downs and how we work together as a team and, and trying to, you know, kind of just understand everybody's role, right. We're able to do a couple, uh, you know, small minor reorgs. We were able to, you know, just take time for ourselves. Right. I mean, even just like, Hey, you know, um, you got this, I'm going to take, take a few days off. I'm going to, you know, we're in a normal school year. It's like, man, it's, it's really kind of hard to step away for, you know, a week vacation outside of what, what fall or winter break or spring break brings you. And, you know, without feeling guilty about it. Right. Um, you know, and, and Shannon can probably talk, you know, or, or agree with me on that point of like, man, I feel really bad when I'm stepping out for a week for a vacation when it's the school year. Right. But then during the summer, like people right. don't get it. Teachers go away and you know they're they're doing what they do during the summer and everything all the schools basically shut down to almost nothing but that's like our busiest time of the year right we're we're shutting down we've got summer school going on we've got field trips and all that's you know everything that's going on for summer camps and then we're trying to get everything prepped and ready for summer bids and next routes and all of that and there is no there's no downtime in student transportation you know, contrary to what a lot of people might believe as far as, you know, what we do. Yeah, for sure. I would agree. It's when you make the magic happen, it's the summertime. (laughs) And then um, sustaining the day-to-day in the school year. Yeah, you have to be there. You have to be present. Um, And it's true, I think, from a family regard. I mean, people were forced to just take a minute, um, especially early on when it was a true shutdown. And be still. Yep. And 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 I mean I'll say I don't I don't do that very well. Like <laughs> what? Like I mean yeah. you know, I can't I can't I don't just get to all of a sudden there's these parameters put on where I can go, when I can go, how often I can go. Um it's a, it just offered maybe some time to reflect on priorities. Yep. So, I don't know. I learned how to do origami. That's what I did. <laughs> I mean, it, it gave a lot, of, a lot of time for people to really reconnect with their families and reconnect with things that, like you said, those priorities and those things that are important. So, you know, I mean, it was, there were good, there was good that came out of it, but I think that everybody's kind of chomping at the bit to, to get back and, you know. Yeah, we're tired, of, we're tired of connecting with the families and whatnot. Yeah. We're tired of that. Let's get back they, to normal. They were Let's tired go. after like, the first hurry. week, right? <laughs> I got to see you again. For the sixth day yeah. in a row? Exactly. I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I won't take too much more of you guys' time, so I appreciate you guys being here this uh, today. And, you know, we've got a couple more episodes lined up. Might have to discuss about uh, 
pulling these out to once a month instead of every two weeks. We'll see what every schedule looks like. But uh, TAA is coming up. We're going to have that as an in-person in and, and virtual conference. So it's going to be pretty exciting. Are you going to do a podcast at TAA? I'm hoping to do, do a podcast a, I, I am. I'm hoping to do a few of them, actually. I'm hoping to, can I, you know, Can I wear my crown while I'm you there? You can wear whatever you want, Chad. So Are you bringing a crown for me? Uh, <laughs> I will make sure to have a, one of those Burger King crowns for you. No, I told you that is completely unacceptable. <laughs> I want a crown. Okay. You guys promised oh, me a crown. I'll get you a crown. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Stephanie promised me a crown. You promised me a we'll crown. Make, I've told people I will be at TAA with a crown. Yeah, we'll make sure to do that. And, uh, yeah, I'm hoping to hoping to get, you know, a few groups into some side afternoon sessions in the downtime and we can, you know, crack a few beers and talk about transportation. So it's going to be good. And it's, I mean, we're only, what, a month and a half away from that. It's right around the corner. So anybody listening. It really is. That hasn't registered, go ahead and uh, check over at the ta-online.org for their conference information, and it's going to be good to get away and reconnect, and it's going to be a rock star theme, so we're having a reunion tour, right? It's our 40th anniversary. It's going to be fun. So yeah, my crown will fit in perfect. Yeah, yeah, don't miss it. I'm hoping Chad's gonna wear like an Elvis outfit for the uh, costume contest. Like the old Elvis, like the bloated (laughs) doesn't fit anymore. You mean the one that hangs down on the uh, old Las Vegas strip? It'd be embarrassing. Yeah, like yeah, sequins and rhinestones and like, dude, you shouldn't be wearing. He's the king of rock, though. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he was. Well, I'll at least wear the crown. All right, I'll make sure. You got to gotta bring it. I will make sure to have a crown for you, and we'll make sure to uh, get a few pictures and up on the uh, Instagram, Facebook pages. So, everybody, <laughs> thanks again for checking in. Wait, wait hold uh, on, yes. hold on. Oh, you got another dad joke for I us? I got, I got one more dad joke. <laughs> you ready? Yeah. One more. This is this is this is my gift to you for your thirtieth. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna read it, so don't get it wrong. Okay. So, a boy gets on a school bus with a sandwich in hand. The school bus driver says, hey, kid, this isn't a restaurant. The boy replies, I know. That's why I brought my own food. <laughs> bada bing, bada bang. Wow, thank dude. you. Thank you. Thank you. Don't quit your day job, okay? Thank you. I'll be playing at TAA. <laughs> June we are, are going to have a comedy night. We're going to have a stand-up comedian. So, yeah, I'm just letting okay. all the all the cat or the all the cats out of the bag. But Ugh. all right, everybody, all right. good to see Great. you. Thank and, you. And, all right, thank uh, you. Thank you, everybody else, for checking us out. And uh, until next time, everybody stay safe. And we're almost there. Thank you. See you. You've been listening to Hey Bus Driver. Thanks for being part of our community. If you're a student transportation professional, you are part of our family. The show is coming to a close, but you can reach out online. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hey Bus Driver Podcast. And check out the website at www.heybusdriver.com. Till next time, this is Hey Bus Driver, signing off.